Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Welcome to Calvary Chapel. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 8, a message titled, This Little Light of Mine. Well, things develop as Jesus is, is teaching the crowds. And in verse 19, it says, And his mother and brothers came to him and could not approach him because of the crowd. Interestingly, Jesus, his mother and his brothers, it lists them in Matthew chapter 13, verse 55, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. What does that mean if Mary had other children? That she wasn't a perpetual virgin. And, and so, you know, our Catholic friends, you know, they, they believe G- that Mary was a perpetual virgin. They believe a lot of things about Mary that the Bible clearly speaks out against. And, you know, and, and reality is what you run into when you're wrong. It's just the way it works. <laughs> you know, you're wrong, you run into reality. You're like, oh, it's true, okay. I was wrong. And the Bible's clear on those types of things. As you go through, you're going to see things like that. Not to pick on Catholics or anything. I, I think there's genuine believers who are Catholics and, and probably many who aren't, just like any other church. But, but there are certain things that are just absolutely wrong. And, and so Jesus had brothers, and Mary and Joseph had a relationship, and they had children after, you know, they had a normal marriage, other than this strange firstborn child that they had, who was son of God, you know, which had been a little bit odd. They, they, had, they had a normal marriage and children, and now Mary, Joseph's passed away now, and Mary and her sons start to hear these things about Jesus. And this kind of marks the foreshadowing of a transition that we're going to see in chapter 9, and that is where Jesus moves from this height of popularity into this time of trial as he heads towards Jerusalem for the crucifixion. And so Luke kind of breaks it up in chapter 9, starts that that journey towards Jerusalem, which lasts 10 chapters. But here in in this section, we kind of see the foreshadowing of it, because now the the chief priests and the rulers and the the synagogue rulers and all these people are starting, and the Pharisees and the scribes, all those people are starting to start to spread doubt and pressure on the people who are following Jesus. And they're, in the other Gospels, it tells us that they're boldly asserting that Jesus now has a demon. And then he casts out demons by the power of the, by the prince of demons, who's Beelzebub, and that he has a demon. And so this is alarming to Mary and her, her brothers. Now, you would think that Mary would be like, you know, he's the son of God, he's going to do what he's going to do, and let's just go with the flow with that, right? But it, it's not that easy, is it? I mean, how many of you guys have seen God do something miraculous in your life? Anybody? Miraculous. Absolutely miraculous. How many of you in a time of deep trial forgot about that miraculous thing God did in your life? We see that actually in Mary's life early on. Jesus, you know, he's going to be the son of the most high. You know, he's, all these things, he's going to be sitting on his throne of his father, David. All the things that Mary was told. All the things that Elizabeth said. The mother of my Lord has visited me. You know, that had to be pretty wild. 
John leaping in her womb, and, and then the things that Zacharias would say concerning John the Baptist and, and Jesus, who he would go before, the things that were said in the temple when Jesus was dedicated. All these things Mary stored up in her heart, right? But then when Jesus was 12 and he went missing, and they freaked out, right? You would think, well, he's God's son. Or maybe they were thinking, oh, we lost God's son. We're in big trouble. You know, I don't know. But they get to the temple, and Mary looks at Jesus. And, you, you know, you think, okay, after everything that happened at his birth, you, she wouldn't say something like this. But she's like, what have you done to us? Your father and I have been earnestly seeking you. And Jesus says, you're not my real dad, Joseph. No, he didn't say it like that. No, what did he say? He said, he said I must be about my father's business. Which, in in an interesting way, he was saying, my real dad business. But then he submitted to them, and he lived the rest of his life with them, grew up working in the carpenter shop, and then one day he left, and he walked out into the hills of Judea, and he started to hang out with all these guys and fishermen and stuff, and going from place to place, and living out on the land sometimes, and and then, you know, things are popular, and Mary's like, hey, maybe this is it. Maybe he's going to start to, to take the king place in, in his life, and, and yet that's not happening. Instead, the religious leaders and the people are starting to, to build this pressure. And what was Mary thinking? She's like, we need to save Jesus. He's starting to freak people out. We need to go, we need to go do a family intervention. Boys, let's get, you know, get in the car. We're going to go get Jesus, you know. And so they show up. And notice what he says in, verse, it says in verse 20, and it was told him by some who said, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. Notice Jesus' response. But he answered and said to them, my mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. And this had to be difficult for Jesus because as much as he was the son of God, he was also the son of Mary. She was his mom. I mean, how do you feel towards your mom? You know, if you had a healthy childhood and your mom was a good person, then you, you have deep, strong feelings of affection towards your mom. And, and no doubt Jesus had all of those affections, even more so and more pure than, than any of us have ever had. And yet his mom and his brothers at this period, they're not walking in the light. And Jesus knows that. And, and it would be interesting if Jesus would have folded the family pressures. I'm like, okay, I'll calm down and I'll come home and we'll, you know, get some therapy or whatever you want me to do, you know. But no, he, he knows he has to obey the Father. And that puts him at odds with his family. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that, but I certainly have. I remember when I first got saved, my, my family was probably happy that I got saved, but I think they thought, well, he's already saved, so what does he mean he's now a Christian? Because I grew up and got baptized when I was eight and stuff, but I didn't know the Lord. And so then I knew the Lord, and when I knew the Lord, I knew the Lord. And I wanted to read my Bible, and I wanted to go to church, and I wanted to talk about it all the time, and I wanted to wear you know, Living Epistles t-shirts, and I wanted to you know, go out and talk to people about Jesus and read my Bible all the time. And my parents were kind of like, he's joined a cult or something. That Calvary Chapel has got to be a cult. I think they're Pentecostals. I don't know what's going on with those people, but there's something wrong with our son. And, and I remember at that time, you know, and just going through that difficulty 
of my family not really understanding. I mean, they were Christians, but they didn't understand that I had been radically transformed because I'd walked into the light. It would take them a while, but they'd all end up going to Calvary Chapel eventually and starting to read their Bibles and starting to love Jesus. But it took them a while to figure it out. It tells us in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, this is the message which we heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. It's, it's, it's where we need to live. It's where we need to abide. And it doesn't matter if anybody else wants to go or not. Now, of course, Mary was a big player in the early church. She would become to understand her salvation in Jesus. And, and so, too, with, with at least two of his brothers, James and, and Jude, would come to know Jesus and, and be big parts of the early church. But at this time, they're not walking in that place. And I think there's a reality for every single one of us that we're not, we do this as a community, but, but sometimes we'll be very alone. Remember Paul said that? He says that my first defense, no one stood with me, but the Lord was with me. And sometimes there's going to be a time in your life, there could be a time in your life where you are standing all alone and everybody's against you and you have to stand and do what God is telling you to do. I remember early on in my, when I'm a brand new Christian, my family's not real happy with me with how much I, I want to go to church and all this stuff. And I remember going with some friends to a concert in Salt Lake City, and it was a Christian concert. And at the end of the concert, they had, and it was thousands of people there. The whole auditorium was completely packed full. And, and we're, they told us to stand up, we're going to sing. I have decided to follow Jesus. And I'm standing there amongst thousands of people, and I'm singing along. You know, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. And, and then I sang, though none go with me. And immediately, I was all by myself. And I realized that in the crowd of a thousand voices, as I'm singing, though none go with me, I was singing that to Jesus. If nobody else is going to go with me, if nobody else is going to follow you, still I will follow. And tears just started to pour down. I'm 19 years old and tears are pouring down my face as I'm thinking of the implications of that. And that's exactly where we have to be because when persecution comes and trials come and, and everybody else is, is, is bowing down or everybody else is running away, you have to walk in the light. You have to stand in the light even if your family doesn't approve. Even if those you've trusted in don't approve, you have to walk in the light. Because in him there is no darkness. And we're never going to regret that. And Jesus is worth it. He's that light. And as we celebrate this Christmas season, as we think about the manger scene, I, I don't think, you know, until you're an adult, you don't really realize the implications of the manger scene. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.